Today's episode has a sponsor, but before we introduce them, we wanted to give you a quick explanation of why we have invited sponsors into our podcast. As you know, we are passionate about the outdoors and of course the national parks, and we also love companies and brands that support these passions. Uh, We've been lucky enough to meet some of these companies through our online pursuits, and we want to share them with you. Second of all, we always want to be able to provide free and accessible content to you all about the national parks, so inviting sponsors also allows us to provide you even more of that free content. If you're a brand that supports the outdoors and are interested in sponsoring our podcast, we would love to have you, so please send us an email at switchbackkids at gmail.com. Now, on to our first sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by an all-natural cosmetics and home goods company called Naked Pete's. Naked Pete's was built on the idea that even when you're inside, you can still feel like you're outside. From candles and cabin fresheners to beard oil, they offer products made from environmentally friendly ingredients and scents that are crafted straight from nature. If you want to invite the outdoors in and also support an awesome small brand, keep listening for a 20% off coupon code exclusive to Switchbacks listeners. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you are planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about the finer things in the national parks. Elizabeth, you look a little tired. Thank you. That's so nice. You always should tell tell people that, that they look tired. We are tired. How much sleep have we gotten in the last three nights? Less than 10 hours. Yeah, definitely not enough. That's not enough at all. Uh, I feel wide awake, though. Weirdly. I don't understand jet lag. It's reverse jet lag. Cole thinks that jet lag is a myth. It is a myth. And he <laughs> and he thinks that on the day that you get back from a trip, you should schedule five meetings <laughs> and have to go to the DMV and take your new license pictures without any makeup or any hair or anything done. He thinks that you should do all of those things and record two podcasts. Yeah, so so far we're winning. <laughs> Hashtag winning today. Um, but really, we just got back from Southeast Asia yesterday, last night, actually pulled into the driveway at 1.30 a.m., I guess. Yep. Um, so, you know, we wrapped, and we're going to have a whole podcast talking about our Southeast Asia exploits, so I won't get into that, but we finished up in Vietnam, left there, and had a huge layover in Tokyo, so instead of getting a hostel for the 17-hour layover, we just decided, you know, now that we've had all this awesome trip, we need to save a little money again, so let's start by staying in the airport. Did that. Um, it was fine. We found a bench. Um, they have it's very comfortable there. There were tons of other people sleeping um, overnight, and there, you know, a lot of their shops and cafes are open in uh, 24 hours. So we just found a bench, and we were pretty tired from our what was it five or six hour flight? Yeah. Um, and it was 
11 o'clock at night. And so we just slept. We rested and slept until about 5 in the morning. Well, yeah, we got took, like three or four hours. Yeah, we didn't. I definitely didn't. I only slept maybe two or three hours. Um, and then we took the train into Tokyo. But it's because the airport's so exciting. There's so much to do and see. We just couldn't fall asleep. That's not true at all. There's so much to see on our phones because the airport had Wi-Fi. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so fun little stopover. It's a cool, that's a really cool way to add on another just like quick country to any of your trips. Um, if it's, if you have the option, I think, kind of think it's fun to do these little 12 to 15 hour, uh, layovers that are included in your ticket price. So it doesn't change anything there. It just gives you the time to get out and explore a city. And obviously you cannot do like, quote, do Japan in a day or even Tokyo in a day. Um, but there, are, we felt like we did a pretty good job of seeing, you know, two or three things and then going to the airport. And we felt like we got a cool little slice. Yeah, it was about six waking hours. And it was funny that it was the most planned six hours of our whole trip because we had such a short time frame. You guys, I've never seen Colby so organized. Yeah, it was me amazing. Either. He did such a good job. He really did. Um, well, you'd already been to, to Japan, so yes. I, I wanted to make the most of it, uh, at least. But yeah. And it felt so good. It was like, what, 70 degrees instead of 100 degrees, which we experienced all throughout Southeast Asia. Such hot. Oh my gosh. I've never been so hot in my life. I, and without ice water. <laughs> ice water is my number one, my number one luxury. Yeah, I, that is what I appreciate about you. Your simple tastes. <laughs> You're a simple person, Elizabeth. It, I know, but ice water is magical. Just like tap water in general. I got a drink from the water fountain in Japan, and I was like, I forgot water fountains existed. It's amazing. It's so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's we nice. Drank, We're very lucky. We drank more bottled water in the four countries of Southeast Asia we went to than I ever have in my whole life, over three weeks Yep. Maybe. Yeah, yep. maybe. How much did we drink that one day in Hoi An? I think we calculated it was like two and a half gallons. A piece. No. 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 Total. Uh, maybe three okay. gallon. Maybe three gallons total. It was a lot of water. Ton- anyway. Well, let's, <laughs> let's actually go back into our records and add it all up. And I think we, yeah, let's not do that. We could, um, but we're not because... It, People don't want to hear that. Um, but yeah, so ice water is my luxury. What's your biggest luxury now that we're back from Southeast Asia? Maybe a regular pillow slash mattress. The mattresses were mostly just completely rock hard. Um, sometimes it didn't really feel like they had any cushion or padding in them. Um, and then the pillows were Maybe not towards the end of our trip, but all overstuffed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like y- the pillow, if you tried to lay your head on it, you were immediately sitting up. Uh, so I just like yeah, I normal, remember, normal bedding. I remember really trying to like, because I like pillows with no no stuffing in them, like dead pillows. Um, and so I remember trying to like sleep in, on the very corner 
of one of the pillows, the overstuffed pillows. Um, but anyway, speaking of luxuries. Yeah, and uh, Southeast Asia had plenty of luxuries too, like dollar um, street food meals. We had so many mango smoothies. That was a big luxury in Southeast Asia. Yeah. So not to say that we were discontent in any way. Oh, not at all. Yeah. It's just readjusting to uh, life back home. Exactly. Which includes uh, recording this podcast. So shall we get a move on it? Yeah. So <laughs> the luxuries of the national parks is our topic tonight. and I'll give you a hint. It's better than ice water. <laughs> and remember, we're on our theme of... What's our theme, Elizabeth? Our theme for this month-ish in our podcast is on the beaten path. So we talk all the time. We beat this this phrase to death on our blog um, of getting off the beaten path. Um, And what that means is just, for us, what that means is um, doing things in the national parks that aren't, you know, necessarily what all the tour buses stop at. And what all of the blog, other bloggers and other websites write about, it's finding um, those kind of secret hidden gems um, within the national parks. But and then this... broadcasting them as widely as possible on our own blog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're let's we don't have that big of a reach, Cole. Yeah. I think I think those secrets are fine. Um, anyway, so but to reverse that, this this month we're talking about um, on the beaten path. So those things in the national parks that are popular, but totally worth it. And fitting with that theme today, we're talking about luxury in the national parks. So the two parks we're talking about specifically is, oh, yeah, yeah. Failure and embarrassment. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Okay, I, I, that's right. I forgot a section. The you failure forgot, and embarrassment section. You forgot my favorite segment. That Elizabeth tortures me with it's every podcast. Parks, Parks in, in the, the news. news. Okay, this isn't really the news. I change it a lot. It's fine. <laughs> Today we're talking, so my little fun quiz segment has to do with um, a way that you can create a lot of luxury in these national parks, and that is through... A little thing I like to call Airbnb. Um, Airbnb is the best. If you've never used Airbnb, you need to probably take a look at your life and change it. Um, If you have not... Oh, no, that's what I just said. If you have not used Airbnb and you're currently taking a look at your life um, and changing it, we have a code if you're interested. It's not really... It's mostly for your benefit um, because if you use this referral link, you can get $40 off of your first stay which I think it has to be $75 or more, which a lot of them, especially around the national parks, you're going to meet that minimum for sure. <laughs> and, but, and, and I just used this code myself. So I created my own profile because I had never used Switch or, um, Airbnb for myself, and it worked perfectly. I got $40 off a $100 uh, stay for two nights. So yeah, it was so he used my, 60 bucks. He used my code, yeah. So to stay for two nights in New York. Amazing. Yeah, it's... Use Airbnb, and you can stay in New York, in Brooklyn, for uh, 60 bucks for two nights. Yeah, and we're not sponsored by Airbnb. We wish we were. That'd be really cool. Um, we just like to share some of the cool places we've stayed um, with everybody. So anyway, 
we're talking about some luxurious Airbnbs that are around certain national parks in the U.S. And Cole, how this game is going to work, I'm going to read you the quick description that the, of the Airbnb and the price per night. And you have to just guess the national park. Make Sounds sense? good. Okay, don't read the <laughs> descriptions, please. And we will link all of these in the show notes and with our um, Airbnb referral code also. So just go check those out. Um, the first one is pricey at $349 a night. But if you're luxurious, then maybe you can afford it. This is called Modern Rustic Cabin. A stay, this is the quote, a stay at Fireside equates to your own private vacation home in the heart of nature with moose and other wildlife roaming the area. Hot tub available for up to eight people. Perfect for warming up after a cold day on the slopes. End quote. Where do you think this takes place? Interesting. It says on the slopes and they're moose. So I'm going to say one of the places that we saw a few moose um, and has slopes, Rocky Mountain National Park. That's a really good guess. It's no. wrong. It is wrong. Um, it is it is Grand Teton in Jackson Hole. Okay. I knew it had to be one of those. It's a good... Yeah, it gets a little easier from here, I think. Um, we'll see. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> the next one is $250 a night, so slightly less. Um, and a lot of these, by the way, they might be really pricey, but a lot of them sleep four, six, eight people. So once you split that up, it's not too bad. Um, it's called A Little Piece of Heaven. Our cozy and serene cabin is tucked into the shoreline of Long Pond on Mount Desert Island, hugged by cedar, pine, maple, spruce, and fir trees on all sides. Well, that's a no-brainer because Long Pond and especially Mount Desert Island, that was the dead giveaway, is obviously Acadia National Park. Correct. Good job. See, I told you it got, it got a little easier. All right. Let's see. Ooh, this is a fun one. This one is called Modern Loft, and it's $130 a night. So here's the quote. Relax at sunrise and sunset on the rooftop deck. Luxuriate in spas. Walk to art galleries and restaurants. Bike through town or hike West Mountain. A true vacation in spa town awaits you. Interesting. Spa town, huh? Um, I don't know. This is really tough. There are bikes there, too. What was the mountain? West Mountain. So, I don't know. Anything could have a West Mountain. I don't remember. I'm going to say Olympic National Park. Er, spa town oh, is the big is clue. Hot Springs? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot Springs National Park. Remember what the West Mountain Trail that we didn't hike because I, we was yeah, freezing I and I was so. sick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I wanted to throw a little curveball in there um, because we never we don't talk about hot springs very much because because it's um, it's just a very different nas- kind of national park. But if you want to uh, be luxurious, that's a great way to do it because they have very fancy bathhouses where you can go get pampered. Anyway. The next one, we have two more. The next one is called The Pines. And this is 
$109 a night, so it's not too expensive. Here's the quote. This newly renovated retro-themed house sits on a two-acre gated property abundant with native wildlife, an amazing spot for stargazing and viewing gorgeous desert sunsets, less than a mile to the national park, ideal for couples or anyone looking for a serene desert getaway. And this place, guys, is adorable it's so cute and you have to go you should go look at the picture on our uh show notes what do you think it is and it's only a hundred and what nine dollars you said yeah probably less than all the hotels around there and it's less than a mile to the national park wow so desert um you know i i know it's not big bend because there's nothing that's less than 400 miles to the national park <laughs> Uh, it could be Joshua Tree, uh, or it could be Saguaro National Park. You don't really think of any of those. I mean, or Guadalupe Mountains, all of, all of those in the southwest. Um, you don't really think of those having pines, though. But since there's such a, a big community around Joshua Tree, um, I think I'll go with that. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yes. It's, it's uh, a super cute like very Palm Springs-ish style uh, place. So anyway, good job. You got it. You're two for four. So that's not great. That's still failing. Um, Going for the the D. (laughs) The D. Okay. (laughs) The next one is called... Let me make sure I know. Yeah, okay. The next one's called Hawk's Rest. It's $99 a night. I grew up in Hawk's Rest subdivision. That's where it is. (laughs) Yeah. Wildwood National Park. Yeah, Cole's Birthplace National Historic Site. (laughs) Okay, this one's called Hawk's Rest. It's $99 a night. The quote is, we are quiet and our home is our sanctuary. So this is a rare one where the people actually live in the place. Usually you have your own, the whole place to yourself. Uh, We are happy to share with you and ask that you be respectful of our property and the island that we call home. I will be happy to pick you up and deliver you back to the ferry upon your arrival and departure. Should be dead giveaway. Maybe not, though. Uh, Your face tells me no. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, there's an island, and it must be inhabited. So, and it has... Oh, okay, I got it. (laughs) I was wondering when you Voyagers were... National Park. Ew. What? No? <laughs> no. Dang it. It has all those islands. Sorry, it's I got didn't... hawks probably. I didn't mean There's ew. probably fairies. <laughs> what what else is an island with a fairy? Channel Islands? No. Dry Tortugas. No. <laughs> this is a very inhabited island. Uh, Mount Desert Island. <laughs> no, it's Virgin Hawaii. Virgin Islands. Oh. <laughs> St. John, Virgin Islands. $99 is a pretty good steal for there, too, as long as these people are truly quiet. (laughs) (laughs) That was not a dead giveaway, though. There are so many islands. Uh, But all the ones you just said, Channel Islands, you can't live there. Most of those were a joke. Voyagers, you can't really live there. Uh, Yeah. Okay, (laughs) I'm stupid. (laughs) I'm just stupid. 40% coal. Um, yeah, so anyway, we'll, sh- we'll <laughs> we will link all those in our show notes, the referral link also, um, if you are, 
not wanting to go to our show notes, the referral link, if you want it, is airbnb.com slash C, as in Cole, slash E Donaldson, as in my name. Um, but yeah, should we get to our topic of, speaking of all of this Airbnb luxury, um, let's just talk about some parks that are just made for having a luxurious experience. Yeah, so speaking of Virgin Islands, that is the first park we're going to talk about today. Um, We, first of all, you have to take a ferry to get there, and it's on the island of St. John, which doesn't, you know, you fly into St. Thomas, um, ferry over to St. John, and usually you'll either have to rent a car, they have lots of Jeeps, or you can take a taxi. There's a little, small little bus line, but you'll probably be um, taking a taxi around. So I don't know, I guess that's a little luxurious. But we were talking mostly luxury here in how you stay. So uh, it's really unique at Virgin Islands because there are so many different luxury um, camping options. And this is all in what's called Cinnamon Bay Campground uh, in Cinnamon Bay on St. John, which is part of the National Park. Yeah, so basically the National Park has two accommodation um, options in the park. There is Cinnamon Bay, which is a campground with cottages um, also, but there's also um, a resort called Keneal Bay Resort, which is much more luxurious. So we'll talk about that in a second. But starting with Cinnamon Bay, this was an awesome, awesome place. to. We stayed there two nights. So how we visited Virgin Islands, Cole's family, um, we all visited together. So that we, we ended up getting a condo in St. Thomas um, where we kind of explored St. Thomas for a week or a Six few. Six nights, yeah. Yeah, but we also like ferried over to St. John during that time. And then Cole and I ferried over to St. John for three days on our own. Um, just on the island and then where we stayed overnight so we were traveling very very light Um, we didn't even have a carry-on bag we just had personal items which like a backpack with swimsuits and gym shorts and that's about it because we were flying spirit yeah yeah Um, we're so luxurious Uh, but cinnamon bay was a really cool option for us Um, we stayed in their their um platform tents which were around $69 per night um, which had everything you needed so it was a a canvas tent on a on a wood platform um, with cots so it was very comfortable you they gave you bedding and pillows and towels and um, lanterns and a cooler and cooking gear and a stove and what else they gave us everything we could possibly need there were also showers there, which was really luxurious for us in the national parks because it was one of the very few places that had showers. Um, and it was right like steps from the beach. So for us, it could not have gotten much better. Um, they also, at Cinnamon Bay, they have bear tent sites for $39 per night. Um, they have eco tents, which are um, a lot nicer than the platform tents, I think, they're all enclosed, so the the platform tents they do have like a net. You know, you you close, you can zip it up, and you're not probably not going to get mosquitoes in there. But there are some holes, and it's just not as sturdy or yeah. permanent. It's canvas. Yeah, and the the eco tents are a bunch of cobwebs and more bugs permanent. inside. Yeah, 
And then they also have cottages, which start at $95 a night. So the eco tents are actually the most expensive option at $100 a night. But still, for, you know, ours, our platform tent had four cots in it. So it slept four people. Um, if you're looking for, if you're going with your family or friends and you're on a budget, it's a really cool option, I think. You can actually search the um, search Virgin Islands on our switchbackkids.com blog. And the video, we took a video um, in the post that gives a tour of the campground because we loved it so much. Yeah, it was awesome. It felt like camping, but we didn't have to bring anything. Everything was provided. Um, and like I said, it's like just steps from the beach. So we would go out and watch the sunset and float around a little bit in the perfect water and then just kind of walk in and go to sleep. It was super nice. Um it also provided pretty close access to other um, snorkeling swimming areas. So we walked to Maho Bay, um, which was kind of treacherous on the road. Um, and we actually, someone picked us up along the way too and just drove us the rest of the way. So they say hitchhiking is very safe and recommended in St. John. Um, and we had a perfectly fine experience doing that. Yeah, it's a really small road, so, you know, you we also, we were also able to walk it, so it wasn't a big, it was maybe a mile, I don't know, not too far. Right. Um, yeah, so that's about the, the um, campground. Now, the resort is kind of like everything uh, flipped over, so think much, much more luxurious with fine dining and um, a spa. They have 166 accommodations they range from like four hundred and forty nine dollars to six hundred and forty nine dollars per night i think i read that right so they're all in, like they have all-inclusive options within that uh, romance packages they do weddings they do all sorts of stuff so it's definitely like what you think of when you think of like caribbean uh ultimate all-inclusive experience I don't even remember where that was in the park. Do you? We never went there. Okay. We never went to Kineal Bay. Um, we hit basically all the other little areas of the park, all the other bays, um, Trunk Bay, Maho Bay, Cinnamon Bay. Uh, but we didn't, I don't, we never made it to Kineal Bay. Okay. So we never actually saw the place. Um, but I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure if you're, if that's your budget, I'm sure it's incredible and such a luxurious way to experience the parks, which isn't always, um, you know, the accommodations within the parks are usually expensive. They're not always extremely luxurious. Yeah. And we didn't even get the chance to go sit in the lobby like we do with most lodges. So yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. You can always do that for your luxury. Um, but other stuff besides all of the luxurious accommodations, on cruise in cruise bay which is the main town that you get to when you uh, ferry there and it's right outside the park there are tons of really good happy hours so we definitely recommend maybe stepping out of the park for a night to experience that uh, good dinner seafood obviously is super on point and yeah, we just had a real fun time. It's good vibes, good music, like people are just enjoying the outdoor seating. Yeah, and it's also it it makes it seems like a fancier sort of not non-national park just because there's you have things like all the shopping and 
um, you know, guided tours and the Jeep rentals and things like that. So it can be very fancy. We didn't make it extremely fancy because we're just not fancy people, I guess. Um, but it definitely can be um, that kind of trip. There are ways, though, to, to kind of embrace the luxury um, or not even embrace it, but just accept the fact that it's going to be luxurious and kind of steer away from that. Um, so there's couch surfing. If, you, if you've ever used the couch surfing website, um, there are a few options for couch surfing in St. John. There's also um, staying in a tent in um, in in Cinnamon Bay. So either a tent, you bring your own stuff, or stay in one of the platform tents. Um, hitchhiking is certainly not very luxurious. <laughs> um, renting a car. We rented a car in St. Thomas, which for a family, for the five of us, it ended up being cheaper to drive to bring the car across in the ferry than to each pay an individual ferry ticket, which was nice because we just loaded up in the car and then we could drive it all around St. John for hiking. So that was super nice. Um, of course, hiking is not the most luxurious thing, the most luxurious thing at times. <laughs> um, we snorkeled for very cheap and we also did a lot of grocery shopping and not eating out. <laughs> So as far as other highlights, uh, geography-wise, the Trunk Bay area is probably the most famous beach. It's got a really cool underwater snorkeling trail. So it's designated by signs on the bottom of the ocean, and it tells you about the uh, stuff right around the sign. Yeah, I think so, interpretive signs on the trail, but in the water yeah. is so cool. And you kind of have to dive down there, too, to see actually actually what the sign is, so you have to read fast. Um, then there's the Reef Bay hike and the Sugar Mills at the end of that hike, and that's one that we did with my parents and sister, and that was a really good one. It didn't, uh, it's not the best, like, ocean view-wise, but it was really cool to get down into the jungle, um, see all these sugar mill ruins from when it was all of St. John was a sugar plantation. And there were also petroglyphs. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Those were cool. So that was a good real jungle hike. Ram's head point was a super, super cool. One uh, of hike. our favorites. I think, did we already, we, I think we talked about that on our, um, I think we talked about it as a favorite short hike. Yeah, a favorite short hike. Yep. So that just leads you out, um, you know, across this beach, up this point. You know, you're climbing the mountain, and all of a sudden you're on a point uh, where you see basically a uh, 270 deg degrees of water, and then look directly behind you, and it's just all of St. John and the mountains and everything. And you can see, I think you can. Isn't that where you can see one of the British Virgin Islands, maybe? I don't yeah, remember which yeah, one. Probably. But you can see you can see very far and you can you know, a lot of the islands are pretty low. So once you get up above sea level you can you have a great uh, perspective. So super recommend that hike and it was not very hard or long. And if sea turtles are your thing go to Maho Bay you're almost guaranteed to see them because they love the turtle grass that's on the ocean floor there so snorkeling at Maho Bay you'll see I think there are hawksbill sea turtles or something mm -hmm. and um, if you're just laying on the beach 
and you look out towards the shallow end where all the um, like vegetation is in the water, you can see, if you just kind of look at the horizon, you can see their heads pop up because they breathe. Um, so they, they pop up every once in a while. And then, um, yeah, so when I was sitting there, you can just see them coming up for air. But then when you're swimming among them, they're huge too. They're gigantic. Um, super cool experience. Yeah, and finally the Annabelle Sugar or Annaberg Sugar Mill Ruins, kind of like the Sugar Mill Ruins on the Reef Bay hike. These are just old remnants of these mills and buildings they used during the sugar plantation days. Uh, they also have some rangers and volunteers who are doing interpretive stuff there, so that was cool. You can taste like the bread that they made, that's special local bread or juice or something um yeah so that, that was pretty good i i would recommend it if you're yeah it's one of the historical a couple, of da- a couple days there um historical interpretive parts of the park so if you're interested in some of the history of saint john that's definitely a place to go to figure that out um but yeah i think that wraps up all of what we have about virgin islands it's a it's definitely a place where you can go either way you can you can do it all out be super fancy luxurious pampered um all inclusive ever all of those words <laughs> or you could um kind of do a taste of that like we did where we we were roughing it as far as accommodations and meals um, but we, the, where we were just location wise, we felt so luxurious without really dipping our toes much into the, um, expensive, expensive stuff. parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no matter what, it's going to feel a little bit more like a vacation sort of park because it's on the beach and it's the most gorgeous water you've ever seen. Um, but it can be, you, you know, it is what you make it. Right. As with any park including our next park that we're going to talk about, which is Kenai Fjords. But first, we wanted to quickly pause and thank today's sponsor, Naked Pete's. And speaking of luxury, what better way to feel luxurious after a long camping trip or road trip than to cozy up to a candle that brings you right back into the outdoors. Naked Pete's products are made with natural ingredients like beeswax, shea butter, and coconut oil, and scented with wild-crafted essential oils, which are harvested from naturally grown plants, flowers, and trees. The cool thing about this method of wild-crafting is that no two batches of their essential oils are quite the same. Naked Pete's has been gracious enough to offer Switchbacks listeners 20% off your order. Just use the code SBK at checkout. Again, that's code SBK for 20% off of candles, lip balm, beard oil, and more. So go check out all their products at NakedPete's.com. Yeah, so Kenai Fjords was one of our top 10 national parks. So we loved Kenai Fjords. And a lot of it had to do with our decision to take a more luxurious route. I really feel like if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have enjoyed the park as much. We couldn't have seen the best parts of the park because one of the big things you do there um, is go on a boat tour. Let's first set the scene. So Kenai Fjords is in Alaska. If you did not know, I had yes. never heard of Kenai Fjords before. Good, Good point. Before this trip, so you think you say Kenai Fjords? Hmm. I wonder what state that's in. Where are their fjords? Probably Alaska. So, 
once I once we started doing a little bit of research about Kenai Fjords, we quickly found out that it was going to be a more expensive park because of how we wanted to visit it. So at least it was drive up. You know, exactly. it, it was one of the three parks out of eight in Alaska that you could drive to. So that um, cut down on the expense a little bit and is why if you're ever in Alaska, maybe visiting Denali or something, do not forget about Kenai Fjords. It's just uh, two hours or so from Anchorage. south of Anchorage. Yeah, in a little adorable seaside town called Seward. Super cute um, fishing town. It's pretty big. I call it a town, but it's it's probably one of the biggest cities in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, it's on the train line also. So if you, you can take the train from Anchorage if you are flying into Anchorage, uh, which is a cool option. So we wanted to do it up big because we've talked about this before, but when we visited Alaska, we knew, you know, we thought, how many times are we really going to be in Alaska? So probably not very many in our lives as much as we would like to. Um, but we really wanted to do it right. So in our opinions, and this was completely solidified after the trip, um, in our opinion, don't go to Kenai Fjords unless you're going to get on the water. Yeah, because there's really, a, you know, besides the visitor center, there's one option outside the water and the fjords and the boat tours. It's doing a hike uh, around the exit glacier area. And that was really cool, too. Which we, we love also that. super duper recommend. Yeah. But it's just, it, it gives you one piece, and then the other half of the park, at least half, I mean, more than half, really, but as far as experience-wise, the second day, the other half, is got to be on the water. So there's lots of different options for your boat tour. It goes from a day tour that might be $39 per person for whale watching, just really close within Maybe the... Maybe three hours or so, just short half-day tour. Within um, the bay, right next to Seward's town. But what we chose... We chose the most expensive route, which was the $195 Northwestern Fjord tour. Um, this is the longest tour. So both boat, both um, concessioners, Major Marine and Kenai Fjords tours, they both run a trip very similar. Um, it's the longest one at like one of them, I think, is eight and a half and the other uh, company runs a nine hour tour. So it goes the furthest in the bay all the way to what's called the Northwestern Fjord and the Northwestern Glacier. So we um, got to float by pretty much what everyone else was going to, but everyone else turned around a lot sooner was the basic difference. Um, and, you know, they say once you're away from a lot of the other tours, you, that's where you see a lot of really good wildlife. Um, we saw a lot of good wildlife everywhere, even around the other tours. So I'm not sure if that's um, just to get us to buy more expensive <laughs> tours or what, but we could not recommend this more, I don't think. Yeah, and we chose to go with, it was called Kenai Fjords Tours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That We, we did the Kenai Fjords Tour, um, which was nine hours, included breakfast. No, it didn't include breakfast. It included lunch and a snack, I think. Um, and it included, excuse me, it included, the you know, 
everything else you would need for the day, basically, but mostly just a, a pretty fairly light lunch. And it was a nice boat. You know, you're on it for a pretty long time, so that's kind of important. And there... Yeah, you're pretty much free to move around the boat, and there's tons of photo opportunities everywhere. The whole thing is narrated, which is really nice. So there's a guide, and there's a, um, an actual ranger on board to kind of go through some of those um, descriptions of places and the importance of the, of the national park being here. And point out the stuff you're seeing, because we saw... Um, we saw sea otters, we saw humpback, orca, and fin whales, puffins galore, sea lions, and harbor seals, actually, once we got back to the north, northwestern fjord part. And that's not to mention the, f- the fjords and icebergs and that the were... the glacier. Or the glacier, I mean, the northwestern glacier that was calving in front of us. So just breaking off into the water and, ex- you know crashing down and in masses and it was just you we stayed there for like 30 40 minutes i think we just stopped there at the glacier um to just watch the watch it calve into the water and it was an unbelievable experience nothing like what anything else we did on our whole trip um and i would do it again and I would recommend sell some of your possessions and go to Kenai Fjords if you can. Um, there are also a lot of other tours through the these two operators that go. Some of them include like a buffet dinner with Alaskan salmon and all sorts of things like that. Um, some of them um, include a an overnight stay at a hotel on one of the islands. Some of them there are all sorts of packages if you get a hotel and the tour. It's cheaper and and whatnot so you can make it a lot you can make it like anything whatever you want it to be so there's also the most popular tour which i think they call this the obama tour is the which is the one that president obama took when he visited alaska um which is the national park tour so that's the most popular one it's seven hours and i think i did not write it down but i think it's about 150 dollars if i'm not mistaken um, so that's the one that most people will take, just so you know. There's also guided kayaking trips and um, things like that that you can also purchase. If you're not interested in that type of luxury. Or if you are, but only for one day like we were. Yeah, there's a few other options too for the park. You could go for a hike and even join a ranger program so one really cool thing in the summer in um at exit glacier they have ranger programs that go up the main trail and basically there's only one real trail that goes all the way up to harding ice field and we joined a ranger program group that went all the way up um i would uh, we that was fine we didn't really benefit from being on the ranger program it was just a bit because the ranger didn't necessarily stop and give descriptions of things I, I think it was more like and maybe they did and we just weren't next to them because it was such a huge group so i guess my point is gauge for yourself like if you join the tour and it's you know, only offered on a Saturday in the weekends it's probably going to be really crowded so don't expect 
too much like your own personal narration of the hike uh, because that's not going to happen. You might decide you're better off just going on your own and being outside the crowd of other people. Um, so yeah, def like you got to do that as well as the boat tour. And then also may just embrace the luxury too. That's like, like we've said, that's definitely, um, I don't know. Our, our big feeling from this one is that it really helped to just understand that yes, it's expensive, but we're going to spend this money because we know it's going to be worth it. Um, so we really came to terms with that. Yeah, unlike our mindset in Virgin Islands where we really tried to um, like escape the luxury and escape the whole mindset of like, let's spend a million dollars and lay on the beach. Um, in this case, we really embraced it and we really benefited from that. Um, and also, if you're a blogger or something like that, consider talking to the companies, the tour operators about a media discount uh, for their tour because that's actually something we did. We did it. That helped the, that helped us embrace the luxury yeah, a little yeah, right. bit more at 50% off. So Was it that much? Yeah, we got two for two. We got 50% off for as a as bloggers who were covering them. So yeah. consider that if you are someone in the media yep. in some way or another. Photographer probably would work too. Um, but yeah, reaching out never hurts. Um, so we've mentioned the highlights of Harding Icefield and the boat tour. Yes. And the other stuff just to mention is that we camped at a place called Cooper's Landing. It's not in the national park, but it's right outside Seward on the water, really close. It was a, you know, everybody is kind of uh, close together as super, far as campsites. Super packed in. It was one of the most crowded campgrounds of our whole trip. But the amenities were pretty good, and the location was fine. They the had way showers, we, but you had to pay for them. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> Blah. The way we found it was through our Alaska coupon book called Tour Saver. Alaska Tour Saver coupon book was the best, especially in Seward, because um, there's a lot of options for visiting the museums, and the campground, of course, we got buy one, get one, Nights, so by it was like twenty five dollars a night, so it ended up being twenty five dollars for two nights, which was nice. Um, let me pay it. It allowed me to pay for a shower, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I almost got tongue tied there and said Alaska Tupac book. I don't know Why? if he ever visited Alaska, but I want to read that book. Yes, I would like his take on it, Alaska. Pre sale on Amazon now. Yes, um, so. To wrap up, luxury can be fun in moderation. At least for us, it has to be in very slight moderation. In moderation. And for most people's budgets, let's just be honest, everyone's on a budget. Um, and it has to be in small doses for most people. So when it's in small doses like that, you can fully embrace it and just lap it up. And get and, excited about it. Like yeah. we really looked forward to our boat cruise you know, our whole time before that as we were traveling up to Alaska. So it's doing those special things is something you can really look forward to beforehand and something you really remember afterwards. Thanks for checking us out today. We'll be back next week to share all about two national parks that are easy, big city getaways. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, or find us on social media at Switchback Kids. And you can always get additional National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out. out.